Hello, and welcome to CAA Conversations. I'm here today with Kelly Bomer and Matt Toole. Kelly Bomer lives in Pooler, Georgia, and teaches as a lecturer at Georgia Southern University. She makes large-scale, soft sculpture installations, often depicting unicorns, and is a member of the performance art band Glitter Chariot. Matt Toole lives in Savannah, Georgia, and was a professor at Savannah College of Art and Design from 2006 to 2016. He is a sculptor who works with a variety of materials and processes, including performance works focusing on rituals associated with making. And today, they're going to be discussing teaching 3D and sculpture. So without further ado, I'm going to hand the conversation over to these two. Thanks, Ellen. Hi, Ellen. Okay, so I'd like to ask both of you, how are your approaches to this area similar and different? Okay, um, well, one interesting connection that we found with our artwork is that I often use really soft materials and talk about heavier subject matter, um, whereas with your work, Matt... It tends to be more um, rigid, hardened materials, um, kind of com demanding processes, but then I try to bring some kind of levity to it, and, and typically the topics are just showing uh, the act of making or uh, the ritual of making, which I'm borrowing from one of my mentors, George Beasley, but uh, so the, the content of the of the artwork isn't as heavy as the material in Kelly's is is more challenging. Yeah. Um, but the but the approach to showing the making of the work, I think that's really apparent with both of ours too. That's something that has played into not only the the, the art making but in the, the teaching component as well. Right. You're fairly soft spoken. Right, um, and <laughs> I think I do have that more gentle approach with the students, um, mm -hmm. and it allows me to maybe at times bring in a sharper point of criticism because I'll soften mm -hmm. the blow by you know doing it in a gentle okay. way. It's a good way to get information across um, compared to sometimes I can just lay it on a line and it's more like a, a slap rather than a hug, and it's not meant to be that way. It just sometimes the harsh truth <laughs> is, you know, it, it's a little more difficult, but um, I, both, I think both process and both, right. both approaches to, to making and teaching and, and soft or hard, uh, they can be effective depending on the recipient. Right, right. And, and there's a clarity too with just being very upfront with something that mm -hmm. could work really well with certain students, I think. Yeah. You know, one of the things that was important to me when when teaching a, a, a skill, a, a concept, was to give a, enough room to explore, but keep it right. uh, kind of in a in a network or a frame, so that it was uh, more accessible in some ways. And that framework often uh, for one individual was too rigid and too structured, and then for another. Um, it might not have been tight enough. So the, the questions of uh, what do I do next versus uh, lay off me, let me just figure it out. <laughs> so it, it was custom made every time for every individual. Yeah, I agree. That was a big thing for me when teaching 3D is to think about how much room for creativity versus how much structure. 
right. and finding that balance, um, depending on the level of the student too. If I'm teaching foundations versus grad students, and right. how much structure is needed? Right, and and the maturity of the student uh, from a foundations to a a, a, a professional level student. Right. You know, you only want to just give a little bit. Um, at the highest level so that they're exploring just giving support that kind of thing but in a foundations level you want to that's more that's there's more pedagogy in foundations than there is in a, at a graduate level yes. because of just what's required of you certainly your your knowledge and the, the, the understanding of your field and your craft is very important to the graduate yes. student but knowing how to teach I think is which is something I didn't know before I taught I didn't right. take pedagogical classes. Me neither. It's, it was really just classes in our studio art, mm -hmm. and I kind of had to figure it out as mm -hmm. I went along. Mm -hmm. um, but I started with foundations classes, yeah. which yeah. I found the hardest, I think. Interestingly enough, those are the classes that are typically offered to first year. I mean, because quite frankly, I'd rather teach the, 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 the upper level classes because the conversation's at a higher level, in some ways, in some mm -hmm. ways at a higher level. and exploring um, more challenging topics, more right. challenging processes. Um, right, and for me, I like having a little bit of both, and mm -hmm. it's just, right now I have an ideal situation. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a good balance. Um, because I'll work with grad students, and then I'll work with very intro level, you know, students too. Right, so, right. Um, I think that uh, it does give you kind of, uh, it keeps you on your toes, yes. and then offers you, not that you get to relax in the <laughs> classes, but, it's it's less demanding on you in terms of the preparation because yes. um, yeah, my PowerPoints and everything were right. constantly uh, being refined. The, the projects were constantly being refined so that yes. I could find different differing results mm -hmm. just because I was getting bored with the results. Um, it's amazing how many people come up with the same solution to the same problem. So right. altering it. It was also trying to to hone it to be yes. a more effective um, educational product. I wanted it right. to be better and better and better, and, and certainly over time, it, yeah. it was better. But I, I had to keep it fresh, my, you know, for myself yeah. too. Yeah. And I think the students can tell the difference if you're just Absolutely. reciting a thing. Yeah. Um, you go on teacher bot three thousand. Yes. We will. <laughs> which is my next show. <laughs> But yeah, I, I would find try to find that balance of these are my tried and true assignments, or I'll just tweak them just a little bit yeah. um, to make it fresh enough yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for example, I, I used to do, I, I know a lot of teachers do a cardboard project, something where students and foundations mm -hmm. have to make something out of cardboard. And then I would change, you know, to maybe making it, now it's going to be more collaborative and we're going to make a whole scene. So everybody's going to make their part but we'll decide on a theme and then it'll all come together. And I mean, I think I was trying to bring in more of what I do with 4D and collaborative. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say that yeah. it seems like that's a way to take the individual working alone thinking alone, bringing into a, the collaborative component yeah. and seeing how that individual object that the person made now goes into a, a larger Right. scene or collective or experience and then it starts to take on new meaning and breathe new life into that activity so you could see uh, you start with the single and it becomes part of the collective and it just explodes in terms of its 
impact and depth, uh, I would imagine. Yeah, and it's, it's a good way to ease them in because a lot of students will be nervous about yeah. trying to do a big collaborative thing yeah. and they'll get a taste for it. And maybe yeah. they like it, maybe they yeah. don't. They can kind of sit in the background a little bit. As yes. I think we, we talked about, um, just to take it into the 4D, the, yeah. the performative component, we've talked about how our art making, our object making has led to uh, performative components and then and and how that has kind of transformed and and one of the things that that we talked about was the uh, that you and I both uh, tend to be more want to be in the background. I'm not a performance yes. artist. I, I like to refer to my pieces as performance sculpture, as right. they're they're performing. Right, and I've never done a performance piece on my own ever. I've I've done yeah. a lot of performative work. Right, and and I think that's an interesting connection where. We do so much performance work, but never just on our own. I don't have the guts. No. <laughs> and I have to do it in costume. <laughs> costume helps a Maybe lot. Maybe I should try some costuming. Yes. <laughs> well, I do wear a, a helmet and a mask, so yeah. I am a leathers costume. But, you know, it, that's interesting that uh, we're not into being on the stage. Right. I mean, certainly I like to talk about me and listen to me and did I mention me? But... <laughs> Um, I don't really want to be the sole performer on a yeah. stage. In fact, it's, uh, I want the I want these things to operate. And I, right. you know, Jean Tinglay, you know, even stepped away from his metamatic machines, and they were pieces of art that made pieces of art uh, or other pieces of art. And that's kind of I, I was playing on that. And my sculptures were sculptures that would make other, right. and I just made them work. You know, yeah, and with a stage hand. I feel like I do that in my performance and in the classroom where I'll try to get the students more involved and more of a discussion than me just talking at them yeah. whenever I can. And with the performance too, I mean, for me, I get so much more involved in just making costume or mm -hmm. making props and set pieces, um, even more than just actually being the center, like yeah. you said. Well, how do you think with that, um, the conversation, I think when mm -hmm. you make the class into a conversation it, it, it pulls everyone in yeah. where you're you're a participant rather than a bystander a bystander and so yeah and it, it's funny because my position is technically I'm called a lecturer and I tried to get as far away from that <laughs> as possible I think oh, lecture is what you get when you're in trouble yeah, or something yeah. so, young lady yeah let me tell you about the principles <laughs> and elements young lady so I try to make it as distant from that as I can, mm -hmm. and more, more like you said, like an active discussion and right. pull them in. Well, that makes for a, an environment that people want to be in, want to learn, and then that's right. gonna that's gonna improve the well, well just uh, I think the overall feeling of the class, the positive uh, yeah. university environments. Uh, I borrowed that from somewhere. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that makes for a good environment. I mean, that's uh, conducive to learning. People right. want to be there. They want to have the conversation. It's going to stick with them. And um, I mean, I've learned tons from from my students. I, in fact, I, I've learned as much, if not more, from learning how to teach and then having it uh, taught back to me by my students. Uh, and and it's, it's powerful. Yeah, because somebody just recently asked me, you know, do you learn more from your art practice or from teaching? 
And I think there's ways that you learn almost even more quickly with teaching because you right. have to do it right on the spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, of course, you learn so much from your practice. Yeah. But there's this thing where you have to think on your feet. That's it. When you're teaching and yeah. you're in front of a room. You, yeah. You have to, you know, be sharp. Right. You know, it, so it, it just dawned on me, too, is that I, when I was talking about refining my projects, Part of that refinement, the refinement occurred in collaboration with the students because a student would resolve right. a problem on the project in a way that I hadn't perceived. And I started to teach those problem solving methodologies that students had come up with yeah. because it was brilliant. That's great. Uh, and, and that was like the way that the projects became more effective is because they were uh, bounced back at me from brilliant students. And I think some of that comes about from what you were saying earlier about making this comfortable environment where they feel like they can talk and they can bring out their ideas. And I think if you make this relaxed and space for them where they, like you said, want to come in, want to work then they feel like they can bring out their ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that it, it becomes safer to, to share and not be um, kind of caught off guard or talked down, and, <laughs> which some would probably say, is this, is this Matt, is this Professor Matt Tool we're talking about? <laughs> that was mean. <laughs> which is also preparation for the real world. I mean, come on, yeah. everybody's not uh, going to hug you and lay your pretty little head on a pillow. Sometimes you, you do need the... You need the harsh reality because that's really where skills are starting to uh, coping skills, and and yeah. that's as far as I want to go with that. But man, it's 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 challenging sometimes yeah. outside of the academic bubble. And I would I would try to sneak <laughs> sneak some of those comments in, yeah. Um, but but yeah, because I do think it is important. If they don't get that critique. It, it's it's really yeah. hard. Yeah, but it, it, if it's honest and subjective, right. it, it should be. You know, it, it's hard. I mean, I don't. You know, I don't want to hear bad things about my work. <laughs> but actually, I do. I'm, yeah. and my mom is one of my greatest uh, fans, which I greatly appreciate her love and support. But then early on, oh, it's all good. And then later, she's like, no, that's real crap, Matt. You got to work on that. <laughs> well, thanks, mom. <laughs> Seriously, so it's a good good thing to have, you know. People yeah. can trust their opinion. Right, right. Well, I'm lucky my husband's an artist, so yeah. I can get feedback. Yeah, too. And a good one. Still, guys, family. Kelly, you mentioned briefly a project with cardboard that sounded fantastic. I'm wondering if each of you could speak more about any particular assignments that stand out as super effective or useful, or even just. Uh, out of the ordinary? Well, kind of playing off of that uh, with the cardboard project with the more advanced students, um, I would have them do a big collaborative thing at the end of the year. And I would do brainstorming sessions with them and they would pick the theme and I would just set up a space for them. And we'd have performers and installation artists and all different kinds of work all in one space. And yeah, it was really fun and amazing. And they would have great images, great slides for their portfolio at the end because they've worked with this big group. Um, and we'd get a bunch of people out from the school and it was, it was really fun. That's great. It, it's a, it sounds like um, back to the taking a small idea and just yeah. exploding it in, in actual space and then also in content. 
there's a lot you can accomplish with with a group of people working together. Right, that's, right. That's great. You know, one of the one one of the projects that I liked the most was nearest and dearest to my heart, which was uh, it, it is the a found object project. Um, I honed from because we were on quarters at SCAD, and it was a ten week course, and it was um, it was a it was full speed ahead. It was a sprint. So to get all the information in was um, um, a challenge. So I, I, I honed down to three projects that had different phases. And uh, some of the projects, it ended up being where I focused primarily on relationships between the three projects. Um, the one was a, a carving or modeling project that was a, a relief sculpture. Um, from writing to drawing to, to then making a relief. And then that was about spatial relationships, things existing in space. And then moved to form building and using lines and plane. And that was uh, dealt with formal relationships, just purely form, not about content necessarily, but pure form um, for the sake of form. And then um, with the found objects, which is something I've done since I was a child, I was starting to discuss um, relationships of the objects uh, and the communication. So you put two words together that could change the meaning of either word. You put two colors together and that changed. So these putting two dissimilar objects together can can give you a, a metaphorical relationship. So the, the found object project was something that um, I brought in at the end of the term and we would build upon um, the skills that would be used at the very last uh, for the found object project at the end of the term, all of the ones leading up to it would enhance the skill level technically to execute the making. Um, and then intellectually, it's all writing and drawing and, and research. And then you get to these objects and some students loved it. Some students couldn't because it's hard because you have to collect objects for many weeks because the hardest thing was finding the objects. And you're, you're asking also, I wanted them to curate objects, to make specific choices, and making choices about objects and then compositional choices about the objects together. I wanted those to have um, a greater impact, and, and for one, to get out into the environment around Savannah. So I would send them out to the rails to trails to pick up this old uh, Tiberizio Railway, which went from Savannah down to Tybee Island, the beach. And it's this running trail that they do all over the country. But so you'd find things that would float up and they were sometimes once living things, dead things, bones, branches, uh, rocks. And they'd all have different um, formal and textural qualities. And then and then manufactured objects, you know, that you would find and put together. So. That's something that I felt was effective in just trying to pull together everything that we had learned previously in the term and then kind of cap it off with an object. And our different types of critiques would evolve along the way, too. You had talked about that, Kelly. Yeah, I mean, um, for me, part of what I would try to do with the critique is to, again, make a very cozy atmosphere. So I would have each student bring in some Part, you know, some type of food, and we'd have like a little critique party, and nice. it it made this very positive feeling because I think students even just hear the word critique, 
and think that's a negative mm-hmm. and it doesn't doesn't have to come across right. that way critical has yes. taken this <laughs> negative connotation which it doesn't need to be necessarily right right um and then you talked about some different critique methods that you'd used too which i i borrowed and developed over time uh, one one I developed out of just sheer hearing the word I the words I like which I immediately um, ba- just banned from conversation it, because it was a I like that's neat it's I like it and uh, it sounded like the NPR it's neat <laughs> um, the Saturday Night Live. but no I when I took the I like out, it was, it is successful because it right. could be improved by. And that was direct, objective conversation about what was on the wall or on the pedestal. Right. Um, but certainly, you know, there was the, there's the quiet ones that don't speak. And then the ones that they are willing to share sometimes more than you want. And you got to go, whoa, 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 let's let those <laughs> guys. Um, but in the end, it was, you'd get, um, you'd get a 20 second review yeah. and it was just like straightforward information and you'd just take the notes and right. that, uh, but I mean, there's tons of critique techniques there. Right. But I think setting some kind of parameter is really helpful mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, for our final critique, they had to just talk about what's there. They couldn't talk about suggestions. And I felt like at that point, the students earned it that we should just right. really respond to what we are seeing. Right. And I, I know I stole that from yeah. another professor. Well, too, I mean, and, we, yeah. we learned it from, from doing it and with right. others as well. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think having that little bit of a set right. guideline yeah. was really useful. The encouragement to speak, um, moving into some that refuse to the, <laughs> you are graded on this, must yes. speak. Yes, I have um, to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> to, uh, well, understanding that part of the course was to be able to analyze and then cr- critically articulate ideas and concepts. And, and, and while you were critically um, commenting on someone's work, it was indicating to me what you understood about the project. Yes. So that was an, kind of an oral test right. to determine what they understood about the project. And, and clearly the artworks or the objects or images could have communicated that fairly well. But being able to, to speak about it, that's yeah. a whole nother, it's a whole nother skill and, and a whole nother insight into the student's mind. Yeah, because it's always easier to talk about somebody else's work. Mm -hmm. And so it's a good way to learn how to do that practice. Yeah. Well, it makes it more possible to have uh, intellectual podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you, either of you have anything else that you really want to make sure you touch on? We talked about the physicality of the materials and that kind of stuff, or like the, you, you would leave room in some of your more advanced students for experimentation. Yes, yeah. But at the same time, I found they had to really buy into the project. Uh, So um, most recently, I had a group of grad students and I um, offered to do a big collaborative project. And I could tell right from the beginning that they didn't want to do it and they were not excited about it. And I had to realize, you know what? I need to respond to what they want to do a bit. I have. Yeah. And if this isn't the right group for that, I shouldn't 
force this on them. Um, Why do you think they weren't interested in it? I think coming in first year for the grads, they really needed to be in their studio working on something and, and figure out what they were doing for them. Um, and it may also just be, have been the dynamic of that group. Huh. That, and, that changes a lot, yeah. Yeah, and there's been other groups where it just happened so naturally. They mm -hmm. came together, they just, it, everything meshed, and I think I, it taught me I can't just force what I want to do mm -hmm. on them, that I really, especially at that level, have to respond to what they love, what they're enthusiastic about, and bring that out instead that, yeah. of you know pushing yeah. it on them. Well, that's yeah, that's important. Absolutely, it's almost like a selling of the project. Yeah. You're having to, <laughs> and and I often thought of, I have thought of teaching as kind of infotainment in order to, <laughs> to hold right. uh, the attention and make it interesting. You know, is to 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 find the most interesting aspects, and I guess what we talked about earlier with the the more directed and let's say rigid schedule of uh, an early student versus a later yeah. student to that flexibility later on, I, I think is, is really important. And again, I mean, it's, we're also responding to uh, the, the feedback yes. and the, the, and that helps to develop um, our courses and our right. projects. Right, because it was an extremely strong group. I mean, the grad students are doing amazing work and they're still doing amazing work, but I just needed to kind of meet them where they were. Right. And, but, but just didn't fit them. Yes, yeah. but with the foundations, then you just have to take a different yeah. approach. I think more yeah. of the structure tends to work better. Yeah, well, and, and the, the group dynamics. As you mentioned, it changes uh, dramatically from term to term and whomever is in the classroom. Right, right. Awesome. I'm glad you tagged on that last little bit. That was super interesting. Not a lot of our uh, participants so far have talked about grad students and teaching grad students. So that's been really interesting to, to hear about.